Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I let that intro play a little longer because you might know that that song is a little different for our longtime listeners. That's a, it's a fresh song. Hold on, please. Let it drop. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the TPM podcast. That stands for Theology of Plain Men. I was shot out of a cannon tonight. I am so excited to be here. Uh, man, it's been a wild end of 2020. You might notice that we didn't do anything for a couple of months. Um, it was illegal for us to meet there for a couple of months. So doing our best to be uh, compulsive rule followers, as I am one to do, um, we have not met to record a podcast for a while. Uh, but two households uh, are now allowed in the state of Minnesota. So live from the uh, St. Clair studio, uh, me and my good friend Andre. Andre, how you doing? Pretty good. Wow, dynamite dropping. That was a big, yeah, big so out there. A little rusty. A little rusty. This is going to be rough, you guys. It's going to be rough. It off as we go. But joining us, the MVP, the man who derailed TPM since he was the last major thing to happen us right before we left, my good friend with a dirty, dirty mustache, Nick Schleife. What is up, Airwaves? Glad to be joining you from uh, my closet. And <laughs> that is not a euphemism in any way. It is my my closet because the acoustics are good. So I hope that this buttery voice is reaching you wherever you are. I mean, it's it's no Andre Nelson, but, you know, it's it's pretty good. We'll take it. <laughs> Andre, I have to tell you this. I have I have, I have a friend who who is a loyal listener. Uh, my good friends Kenny and Kaylin, and Kaylin told me personally she missed your silky voice. That's ridiculous. <laughs> See, you say that, and now apparently there's somebody else that says that. No, there is. I promise and you. I, I promise you. Like seventy five percent of me thinks you're making. That I'm up. not. I'm not. I will get. <laughs> I'll get evidence of it. I'll have okay. her send it in. She's okay. a real person. Okay. One of my best friends. <laughs> Loyal that, listener. That, that will convince me. I think. All right. Like I said, uh, we've been on lockdown because uh, you know COVID, all that. Um, but we're excited to be back, um, and you know, as evidenced by some new some new music, uh, we're hoping to shake it up a little bit. We're hoping to kind of get back in the swing of things. Uh, Nick is joining us as a full-time member from the lovely, much warmer state of Texas. I hate the cold. Um, and uh, we're going to start doing some structure to what we do. You know, Occasionally, we'd show up. We'd be like, hey, what do you want to talk about tonight? And it would most of the time be just Andre and I, and we would riff, and most of the time land on something that has to do with alt-punk music <laughs> or uh, or something else about art. So... We're going to be a little more organized moving forward, uh, and we're going to enter, we're going to kick it off, really, with this new season, if you will, uh, with our first ever podcast, actually, kind of second ever. I guess we did those interviews yeah. for one. That was yeah. a series. That was a good series. That, was, that, was, that counts. Baby um, steps. Uh, we're going to enter into a new series called Topics We Take for Granted. Yeah. We were thinking that as we went through our first kind of bout of TPM, that makes it sound like a disease. I guess that's not what I meant. But the first round, I guess, it's, would have been a more... It's pretty close to a disease. <laughs> I don't know. It's about the same quality so far. Yeah. yeah. Um, we just we noticed that like we were making a lot of assumptions about certain topics. Uh, 
you might say, topics we take for granted. And so we thought that it would be helpful to <clears throat> do individual conversations, episodes, about some of those topics that we take for granted to let them speak for themselves, to so see how they are important in their own right and how they are not merely just kind of the foundation on which other greater, more interesting topics are built, but rather they have all their own um, great importance. So um, we're starting with sin, the topic of sin, um, and then there will be a handful of others that follow. Um, but we hope that they're interesting and helpful for the sake of moving forward into 2021, a year that we hope is full of really rich ideas and conversations. So where do we start? Sin. Who wants to give me just kind of like the elevator pitch for sin? What is it? I think I'm being pointed to through the web. Um, so with that intro, yeah, let's dive into the topic of sin. What is it? And I, I have a really short definition I was reminded of that someone else wrote that I want to say, and I want Andre and Zach to give me the reactions to. So the quote is from R.C. Sproul, and the quote is, sin is cosmic treason. Uh, what are your thoughts on that quote? I feel I feel like I need more. I, I, like, I, I like it. It sounds good. R.C. Sproul, at times, you know, more of a philosopher than a theologian, but... And maybe uh, a flair for the dramatic. It definitely had a flair <laughs> for the dramatic. Which I uh, can appreciate. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Tell me more, Nick. I don't know. What do you think? You're the one who brought it up. Good question. So I think that um, the two, word, two words in the quote can help start a conversation uh, for this podcast, and that's cosmic and then treason. So um, one aspect of sin is... So in the, in the quote cosmic, so sin is all about God it is about something that affects God it is something that God defines. And I think on the, the, the kind of series idea of topics we take for granted, I think this is one area that uh, many Christians lose sight of. I think it's very easy to lose sight of. And that is, sin affects our relationship with God. And um, it's not just something that affects um, between other people we may sin against, but fundamentally it is a, a breach in relationship with God. Yeah. So yes, yes. Agreed. Um, and I recall back in college, all of us, came from the same the same world in college we were all a part of campus crusade uh, now known as crew um uh and part of the 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 picture that they used and and kind of the how they trained and equipped students to share the gospel um was through the, the the four spiritual laws the first of which is that um you know people are fallen and the analogy that we were always taught was that that effect that sin has on humanity is effectively taking God, setting him in Japan and putting us on the coast of California. And it's okay. You want to get to God? Start swimming. And 
you know, think about the very, very best swimmer ever, Michael Phelps. Arguably, I guess. I don't know that many swimmers. He's won a whole bunch of medals. He's probably pretty close to the best. You told Michael Phelps to go swim across the Pacific Ocean. He ain't going to make it. He's not going to get far at all. He's not like he's not going to get close. And that's that's what that's kind of the how sin sets us apart from God. It's um, you, you are across this cosmically sized canyon and it's you might be the very objectively the best uh, that this humanity has and on your own you ain't getting there in fact you're not even going to get close and that's that's how sin sets us apart i think that also gets at the cosmic part of the sproul quote where the reason that that ocean that separation is so big is because god is so holy and there's just such a there's like <laughs> you know i mean it's like a <clears throat> there's such a big difference between what god is and what we are in our brokenness and in our the mistakes that we make so it's not you know i think when you think about like i am sinful and i have like these issues and i make these mistakes and commit these sins like the things that are coming to your mind are probably you know 0.1% of truly the volume of sins that are separating you from God, right? Because there are all these these sins of attitude and sins of omission and that are just like happening because we are broken, carnal humans that are like fundamentally self-interested and like our all of our base instincts are those which are kind of self-preservational, you know? And so I think like when we're talking about God who is grand and cosmic and perfect in this sort of eternal and you know super supernatural like beyond our understanding sense that's why we just have so little to um to even claim in terms of right. you know closeness to him something i kind of was have been thinking about and comes to mind there's a few verses actually for sin S- some of the most like concise and memorable verses in the bible I th- for me like are related to sin and one is um for all have fallen short of the glory of god so that's ultimately summarizing our sinful nature but i think the fact that all have fallen short of the glory of god like that also drives home the point that the bar is so high that not a single person has met it right and so jesus so yeah, yeah. We, we don't spoiler <laughs> alert. We're gonna get there next episode. Uh, so, uh, you you brought that verse and you stole my point. But 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 I want to frame it. Um, so John Piper famously, um, as he closed out his preaching career, went through the Book of Romans, and he he took un- unimaginable care with this book as he went through it. It took years and years and years for him to preach through. Um, preach through the book of Romans and when the way he described that early part of Romans you have Romans 1 through 3 all kind of bundled together and it is cumulatively the indictment against the human race if you take all those together and it culminates at Romans 3 with that very verse Uh, but just before that you have Romans 3 um, starting in verse 10 Actually, I'll start up in verse 9. 
Um, it says, what shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all. If we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. Um, so er- earlier, earlier ahead, you know, Paul gives good arguments for, hey, whichever side of this coin you're on, you're a Gentile. You're, you've, you've done messed up. Um, and, and, and he goes, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That is falling short, right? That is that is Paul as a lawyer representing God, putting all of humanity on trial, and that this is his closing case of this is why this humanity is guilty, um, and it is it is inclusive in humanity, um, and then it culminates just like with that very verse that Andre said: "For all have fallen short." of the glory of God. And this, and this is that, that is the description of what it means to fall short is, um, and, and that's the other thing that I really want to hit, to hit home. And then, uh, Nick, I'm going to kick back over to you cause I've talked for a long time now, but, um, we are really, 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 really bad. Like we're not even like, th- that's the other thing that, cause th- this, um, uh, a religious morality is so prevalent in society. This this humanist mentality that goodness is the ultimate goal is is so just rich. And even in the church, I think it's a very rich ideology that goodness is so important that we lose sight of the fact of how freaking bad we are by nature. And that's what Paul lays out in those first three chapters of Romans again culminating here yeah thanks for thanks for that Zach um, I wanted to say uh, two things one your um, analogy of swimming across the body of water reminded me from a good old lyric from um, my boy Andy Minio uh, Andy Minio if you listen to this shout out uh, <laughs> thanks for stopping if by only um, oh that'd be his, incredible in his song cocky off of i think heroes for sale he says reaching god's standards we all fall short like trying to shoot a medicine ball from half court um it's the same like idea that. zach just said that's some that's a nasty lyric right there i like that i was i was looking to rap it and it came to my, into my mind so i looked it up um what i want to go back to is uh is something that zach is just touching on the idea of how goodness pervades um the, the morality of goodness can, I think, pervade the church and culture. And so the, the second part of the quote is treason. So we've talked a little bit about how sin is directly related to and affects every, each individual's relationship with God. Uh, that is the cosmic part. Treason helps, I think, to pinpoint the consequence of what sin achieves, what sin earns for us. Um, later in the book of Romans, it says, for the wages of sin is death. 
and I think the the word treason is fitting um, because sometimes we can tend to think about sin in in terms of something like I had a slip up or it was a poor choice or a mistake and uh, while sin it can come from these things I think that if we frame it primarily in that way in our minds I think it downplays the severity of what sin earns us um, and I think the word treason better underscores that uh, what are your guys thoughts on that yeah I think that's good I mean so when I think about what like what sin is and what like I guess the consequence I mean yeah the consequence like when I think that's one of the verses that I wrote down for the wages of sin is death um it's like very straightforward that that's what the consequence of sin is and and so and I agree that treason gets at that severity um the gravity is a better word for you know that consequence um Zach was doing charades at me. No, no, I was, you know, doing my producing job. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm not sure if this is going to answer your question, Nick, but I've been dying to say this because we've been trying to define sin and kind of explain it in, like, the most fundamental terms possible. And and this is, you know, I, I've heard this from a, norma, a number of pastors and people within the church kind of using scripture to, to define its own terms. There's a great verse also in Romans, if and the first <laughs> three chapters, as it were. Uh, they exchanged, so, well, I'll just read it and give you the context. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. So he's talking about Adam and Eve committing kind of the first sin that kicked it all off, this like cosmic domino chain. That was pretty good, right? Am I Cosmic Domino Chain makes it sound like <laughs> a fast food restaurant that cuz it was like co- it was like cosmic brownies with domino oh, yeah. chain. Yeah. So oh yeah. You got me thinking about yeah. a pizza place <laughs> that's delivering desserts. Yeah. That's that's okay. what you got me on right now. Okay, not what I was going for. I'll be on I'll admit that. <laughs> um <laughs> No. So this verse it, it just like boils it down to a very very simple idea that Adam and Eve on committing the first sin exchanged the truth of God for a lie which is like kind of abstract but if you th- take a beat to think about it and unpack what that means it I think tells volumes about what sin actually is like at the very like just reduced down all the way it is saying that the truth of God is not of utmost importance it is not to be prioritized and that something else which logically is a lie is is better it is just mixing up those priorities in in a just a very simple fundamental way and that's that's what sin is so all these sins and i think this definition underlies kind of how we get to what is a sin and what is not it's ultimately things that don't back up that don't undergird the truth of God, that don't reflect it, that aren't in harmony with the truth of God as it is presented. Right. Even another way that I've I've challenged myself to think about is um, expanding off that, just kind of framing it a different way. The opposite of sin isn't good or doing good. The opposite of sin is 
God. Period. And that that's and so even and of course God is is goodness in in the most perfect sense, but when I just purely leave that definition as like goodness is the opposite of sin, I allow myself to let that theory of good morals to seep into my daily life of of how should I live sinless if I'm going to try to live with less sin in my life, which you ought to. That's that's a good thing to do. Um, if, if I frame my life as, okay, the antithesis of sin is God, that that kind of opens up truly, again, how bad and how serious sin is. Because we haven't just exchanged a good thing for a bad thing. We've exchanged God for not God, period. Yeah, I... Yeah, exactly. And I, and I would say like it's yeah. Like when you say that you consider you know, you push back against your own understand your own b- belief or whatever that the opposite of sin is goodness. And it's like that's not the wrong idea. It is, but it's but you know, because it's just like knowing God is the opposite of sin is just a deeper more like exactly more exactly. true. Like yes. like God is good. Like and I think that's what you're right. getting at. But that's kind of how those two things yeah. I think are in a way, saying the same thing, one's right. just deeper than the other. Right. Yeah. It's more of a me problem, right? Like, if I have a tendency yeah. to let that theory seep in, which I, I do, guilty, um, it, it's for me, it's been a way to fight that moralistic view of of sin and and not sin, right? Because because it is it is more than just like actions, which which is kind of the last thing I wanted to pitch over to you guys. I'm um, kind of my last application is that. Um, a lot of times we we do think of sin as action oriented um but i think that kind of limits its impact um this came from a quote from somewhere but it came out of my brain as well but i've heard this type of thing a number of times um so i just wrote this sin is not merely manifested in our actions but permeates down to the core and fiber of who we are the uh, by nature the very innermost part of who we are is completely and utterly tainted and fractured by sin. There isn't a piece of us that is untouchable by sin. So for me, this manifests itself a lot of times in like my emotions. So for whatever reason, people have a tendency to believe that their emotions are, are pure and their emotions are true and their innermost pieces of things that make them who they are, their personality, that those things are somehow untouchable by sin. But that's plainly not true. Sin has tainted us, again, down to the very fabric and core of who you are. The the things that make up your personality, that make you who you are, by nature, that's tainted by sin. The things that make you emotional and make you feel things, your feelings about something are by nature tainted by sin. Um, uh, actions are just happen to be the most convenient way to see it. But if we limit it that way, um, you can get into a really bad understanding of, of sin. What, what you really have to think about the fact that it has truly permeated down to the innermost part of what makes you, you. 
Shrug emoji. I don't know. I don't. I don't. That no, sounded I like I was going to add more, but I. I'm I, out. I'm spent. That's it. No, I think that's it. I think that's. And that's, yeah, you're right. It's very hard to see that because it's not like this tangible, visible evidence of sin. But yeah, when you when you think about it, I mean, I think I alluded to that in the beginning too, like the fact that you know we're just like evolutionarily self-preserving and and selfish. And I think there's some examples out there in the science about you know this like altruism that that ultimately benefits the the species but like they they've studied this and and it just shows that um like we just have these instincts that are like i need to have that for myself or i need to not spend the time on the other on another person uh because because that like jeopardizes me and it's this like very basal like subconscious kind of like evolutionary thing i think that's going on and it just is i think just an interesting evidence even in science in this kind of evolutionary science that sin has permeated us as deeply as as scripture uh establishes and as you know the greater understanding of scripture has made super clear thoughts on that nick yeah that uh, this whole thread, I mean, has been really, really good. I think just to repeat, I think. Well, it's all sin, so it's actually that. been really, really bad. Am I right? <laughs> Shoot, you got me. Juked. Uh, you're right. It's, it's been a terrible conversation. Um, but, no, it, I think it's super important um, not only to hear what Zach just said about the the, the way sin has worked into the hearts of all people. Um, one thing I want to point out is that um, us, it, sometimes when you start talking about sin, um, it's very, very easy to point out and say, sin out there in the world or out with this group of people. And often when you talk about types of sin that's committed, groups of people in your mind form. I think it's, it's very easy to see and point out sin in other people. Um, but what Zach just mentioned is that the nature of sin is in the hearts of all people, everyone. Um, it doesn't matter from the outside. Like some people may behave in a different way or have different moral set of standards they live by that you can see on the outside. Um, that doesn't mean that they're free from sin or they have avoided sin in their life. Um, I mean, really just to emphasize is that sin affects and permeates the lives of everyone. Um, yeah, yes. Oh, wait, wait. Um, I had one thing come to mind before we move the application. Um, just as a little way for the, the listeners can remember this. Um, if you grew up in the early two thousands, one of my absolute all time favorite uh, theologians that's not a theologian is Hannah Montana and <laughs> Hannah Montana got about two things right in her entire career you know she said once that it stuck in my mind I'll share to you now it's the climb Nobody's perfect <laughs> nobody's perfect that's good she really man. She, she nailed it she really did <laughs> okay, uh, as we tend to do when we wrap these things up, because if you've made it this far, you deserve something. 
right? <laughs> you really do. You, you nearly, and frankly, you deserve more than what's coming. R- right? But you nearly deserve. <laughs> we're try. You nearly deserve like the Nobel Peace Prize at well, this point. That's but, probably a little much. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna go around and give you hopefully something you can grab onto and and use, and something that's helpful for you. So, uh, Andre. Uh, yeah. If the listeners take nothing else. Yeah, so Andre is going to just tell you to put a sticky note on your mirror like he always does. <laughs> and there you go. Oh, so. Something's never changed. Oh, gosh. You would, one might, one can hope. No, um, I would say, <sighs> this is so hard. I, I feel like I need the application points, you know? No. Um, I think I, I really like this exchanging the truth of God idea for a lie, just like boiling sin down to its very most fundamental aspects. Um, and, and, and so if you find yourself like really battling a sin, I think it's worth considering what is the alternative? What is the truth of God that you are exchanging for that particular sin? So, so tell me you, you are overly critical of people. And, and that, and that's, you know, why does that come to mind? Because that's kind of me. <laughs> uh, so what is the truth of God behind, you know, on the other side of the scale to just this like overcriticality and kind of maybe judgmentalism at times? Uh, and, and that is probably this like equal, this like, you know, God's understanding of how people are made in his image, you know, perfectly and, and that their shortcomings are a result of the fall and not so much them who they are, but the way that things are. So considering that truth of God that is on the other side of the sins that you struggle with. Nick, what do you got? Well, I have uh, two really concrete thoughts. Um, Number one is a quote that always comes to my mind about sin is get to the business of killing sin or it will be killing you. And I think that's a disposition we should have as Christians. But to do that, we need to be aware of our sin. And for maybe people who have grown up in the church or um, have been around Christian culture a long time, um, there can, I think a complacency can grow towards your own personal sin and how that's affecting your relationship with God. So I would urge uh, listeners who are Christians to, to just pray and ask God to help reveal sin in your life so that you can fight against it. Um, be killing sin. And then one last thought that is um, for the musically inclined, you should listen to the song, The Size of Sin by Beautiful Eulogy. It's a very artful description uh, using metaphors of some of the same topics about sin we've talked about. Retweet. I can endorse that for sure. Um, My point that I'm going to close with is a quote from a a very, very important guy to modern theology, uh, Mr. Tim Keller. Um, A very famous quote of his, if you've kind of been a fan of his or listened to some of his stuff, you've probably seen this before, but uh, the quote is this. He says, we're far worse than we ever imagined. That's what sin is. Uh, Whatever you can possibly imagine for yourself, you you are much, much, much worse than that. Uh, so we are far worse than we ever imagined uh, and far more loved than we ever could dream. Now that is called a teaser for next week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, guys, we're back. And it feels good. It feels good to be back. Uh, if you like this podcast, um, please share it with a friend. Uh, 
be sure to mash that subscribe button uh, if that's what the kids are doing these days. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys, if, it feels good. It feels really, really good to be back. We're so excited. Uh, we will see you next week. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share with a friend. I hope our verbal processing was edifying for you. Have a great week.